Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. Many curlers started when they were kids. How did they discover the sport, and why did they stick with it? This episode is part of a series where we talk to current and former competitive curlers to answer those questions. In today's episode, we speak to Carrie Galusha. Carrie Galusha is a longtime competitive curler who lives in Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories. This week, her team is in Ottawa at the pre-trials, trying to qualify for a spot at the Olympic trials with the hope of representing Canada in Beijing next year. In this interview, recorded in July 2021, we go back to her early days in the sport to find out why she grew to love curling. We also talk about her involvement coaching the junior program at Yellowknife Curling Club. Finally, we discuss her role as a kid sport ambassador in the North. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, Carrie, you're a longtime competitive curler, uh, a multiple-time participant at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts, and of course, you belong to a famous Canadian curling family, the Cooies. Uh, I wanted you to come on the podcast to talk about your curling experience as a kid, and, and then I want to talk to you about your experience coaching youth in your club's junior program. So I think for my first question, I usually start right at the beginning, and I'm going to ask you, where are you from, and what was it like growing up there? I'm from Yellowknife, Northwest Territories. I live here. I was born and raised, um, and, you know, it's up in the north. I've lived here most of my life, other than going away to university for a couple years, and I love it so much. I ended up back here, and it's uh, the only city in the Northwest Territories, and we have about 20,000 people that live here. And yeah, it's home, and I, I, uh, I love living here. I, what kind of kid were you? Did you do a lot of activities? Did you play other sports? I, I'm, I'll get to the curling later, but I'm kind of just interested in how you were as a kid. Yeah, I didn't do a lot of sports. My brothers, Kevin and Jamie, were involved in hockey and ball. And I, I think I played a little bit of ball when I was younger and a bit of soccer. Um, I was more into like girl guides and brownies, <laughs> stuff like that, those kind of programs. So I wasn't super athletic um, until, obviously, until I got into curling. But yeah, I was more of the the kind of stay at home daughter who just enjoyed more programming than, than sports at that time. I, I think people would assume that because you come from this famous curling family, that it was your parents or fa other family members that introduced you to the sport. But could you tell us the story? How did you first get involved in curling? Yeah. I, I mean, it was my parents. I think most competitive curlers, or got into curling because of their parents. I don't know actually many people that did. It wasn't because of their parents. So we were actually living up in Anuvik for four years when we were younger. And Kevin, my brother Kevin, got into curling first. And then Jamie got into it. And 
we were around the club a lot because my dad did the ice and he was the president of the Inuvik Curling Club. So we were there a lot. My mother curled. And so I was always around, but I wasn't really interested in the sport when we were up in Inuvik. And then we moved to Yellowknife and my parents, there was a new eight sheet curling club in Yellowknife and both my parents ran the junior program. So basically I was for, this is going to sound terrible, but my parents actually forced me into the junior curling program um, just because Jamie and Kevin were there and (laughs) I had to go there anyways after school. So I was forced to curl um, when I was in grade six. So when I was about 11, 12 years old, 12 years old, I guess. And um, yeah, and I ended up loving it. But yeah, it was basically my mom and dad had a huge influence on all of us Kui kids. Um, and that's the reason why we got into curling. Could you tell us a bit about the Yellow Knife Curling Club itself? I, I don't know how many sheets, uh, how, uh, what are your memories of it, especially when you were younger? Yeah, I mean, the the curling club is rather large for our city. We have eight sheets. We don't use all eight sheets anymore. We only use six sheets just because it, it's a bit big for our club membership. We only have about 300 um, members in our club. So eight sheets was a little large. But um, I mean, when I was younger, I basically lived there. When I was a junior curler, I was I was either curling in leagues or I was practicing or I was working with the juniors. I was, I basically lived there. So I have a (laughs) lot of memories of our club. I don't, I don't, I'm not there as much anymore now that I'm older, but I, I still practice a lot and I work with the junior program and I curl in league. So, um, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice big club. It's, I mean, it's older now, but it's still really big for what our membership needs for the North. So, um, the club is really well run and, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great place. Right. Now you said you started curling, uh, you joined when you were in grade six. Uh, yeah. Could you give me a, maybe a snapshot of what was it like to curl in the junior program there? And I, I, I don't even know the year. I'm not going to guess. Uh, what, like what time frame are, you look, are we looking at? Uh, the, I don't know. <laughs> could you give me an idea of what, uh, what curling in the junior program back then was like? Um, yeah, it was the junior program was really big and there was a lot of kids in it at the time our junior program now these days isn't as big as it was um but back then there was lots of people are my age in it and older kids um, my brother kevin's age lots of his friends curled so um it was really well run a great program um right away when i started curling i found junior a junior team to curl with i curled with three other girls um and i still know them to this day so um, it was, it was, it was fun to be a part of a team and that young and, uh, just learn how to curl with your, with teammates. Cause a lot of times you start curling, you don't usually find a team for a year or two later, but I found a team right away. So that's what kept me involved. Did you make the jump? Comp- I guess, did you make the jump competitively pretty quickly then? It sounded like if you founded a team, then maybe you started playing. Uh, yeah, like not because I was a little older um, when I started curling. I 
did did get a team right away, but we weren't super competitive. Um, it was a few years later, like in the early nineties when I got really competitive and I went to my first junior nationals in 1993. So, um, when I was quite young, so yeah, like it just, it, I think that being on a team early helped and then being getting compa- I, I guess maybe I had a natural knack for it. I'm not really sure, but then I got, yeah, when you get on a team, you just get this competitiveness and I was really, really interested in it being on a team, especially since I was forced into curling. <laughs> so, so it all worked out. <laughs> right. I, I think you've hinted at some of the reasons, but you, you said uh, earlier that, you know, sp- curling wasn't your cup of tea initially, but you eventually grew to love it. Like what made you fall in love with the sport? Yeah, I think just being around people that I enjoyed being around and being active and learning something. It was, I mean, curling is a challenging sport, even no matter how young you are when you try it, it's pretty tough. So just being challenged and I was always like, um, I mean, I'm still that person where I love challenges and taking new things on and figuring them out. But it, I think just being around a team and then traveling I think our train traveled early and that kind of caught my eye and caught my attention and uh, I just uh, went from there and then I was like I said I was at my first junior nationals in Quebec in 93 and I I was just amazing and I went from there I never stopped curling how old were you when you went to nationals um I would have been 16 Wow. When I went for it to my first junior nationals. Wow. Yeah. Could you tell me a bit about that? I mean, I can only imagine what it's like playing in a national event. Travel is is an issue for, for competitive teams up north. But yeah, could you tell me a bit about those first nationals? Do you do you remember I don't know, even your first time on the ice there or or did you meet any yeah. famous people? Yeah, so I think the '93 Nationals, I think we're in Trois Rivières, Quebec, and it was pretty awesome. And just meeting all the people, we really befriended um, the girls from PEI that year. And so you literally make friends from all across Canada, which is really neat. And I I kept in touch with those girls throughout the years, and I believe that was the first year Jill Officer and Jennifer Jones were at Nationals. And I've been friends with those girls since the early 90s. And it's just like the friendships that you make. And that's one of the reasons why I really loved curling because you meet so many people and they're lifelong friends, which is really cool. I, I am curious about this. You, Of course, you have your two brothers. Was that ever... I'm just thinking about the dynamics of siblings because... Uh, I, I don't know how you felt uh, about curling with them in the sport as well, the same program even. Uh, did you feel competition with them? Did, were they supportive? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, What was the, uh, the dynamic there between the three of you? Yeah, back in the early, early days, I remember Kevin and Jamie being good. <laughs> they were really, they were way better <laughs> than me. And, um, I never really curled with them much. Um, maybe against Jamie a little bit more in juniors here and there with his, his junior team and my junior team. But, um, it wasn't until later on, um, in the late nineties where Jamie and I started curling mixed together. And, um, I mean, it's good. We, it, 
being a curling family, you talk about it a lot. You support each other a lot. Um, Kevin went away to university and he never moved back home. So um, we were, we've always been supportive of him from afar. Obviously he's a great curler and he's accomplished so much. And, um, whereas Jamie and I have moved back North after university and that was our choice. And, um, Jamie and I see each other a lot more and we're super supportive of each other's, um, ladies and men's teams. And we help each other out when we can, and we actually still curl mixed together. So it's kind of cool to be able to let, to lean on my brothers when I need to. Right. Uh, I, I've got to admit, I, I didn't, maybe I'd forgotten about it, but in case the listeners aren't aware, you, you and Jamie are twins. Uh, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it, and Kevin's, I believe, two years older than the both of you. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I, I, want, I had a couple more questions about your, your junior pro, when you were in juniors and when you were a young person growing in the sport. Uh, do you remember some of your instructors who taught you how to curl uh, or were there like instructors or coaches that, that uh, helped you grow in the sport when you were uh, young? Yeah, there's, I mean, I've had so many great coaches, but um, back when I first started curling, there was a lady named Franz Isabel who um, taught me how to curl and she just was so positive and so happy and just loved the sport so much. And it's, it's funny because she actually travels to the Scotties every year. And so I get to see her quite often. So it's very neat to see someone that, you know, helped me get into the sport and love it. And I get to see her every year at the Scotties when there's fans, of course, I obviously didn't see her last year during COVID (laughs) year, but, but yeah, she's usually there and it's great to see her. And then obviously both my parents were, my dad coached me for a lot of years um, through my juniors. So, you know, I owe a lot to my dad as well. And then my mom, obviously, she's, I think, the one that forced me to curl. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's good. But there was, yeah, there was a lot of good coaches in the North. And, um, yeah, but France is definitely the one that I remember the most. Was there a particular lesson you remember from her that sticks in your mind? No, not really. I just have vague memories of her, but uh, just her positiveness and her energy was, I remember that the most, where she just was so excited about curling, which when you have someone like that around you, obviously you're going to get excited for it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, that enthusiasm's contagious for sure. I mean, as, as a curler uh, or, or just as a, an athlete in, in other sports, were, were there famous curlers or famous athletes that you looked up to? Yeah, I'm, I met, I mean, lots of people will have this answer, but I met Sandra Schmirler at the 94 junior nationals and I have a picture with her and, um, she was just her and her team were just so admirable and they were just your regular everyday people who showed up at the rink to curl and she was just super inspiring to me and I also actually really loved Wayne Madaw when I was younger I had this dream of that I would curl mixed with him (laughs) (laughs) and I just really really liked him back back then and um so yeah those would be the two that I looked and looked up to and watched a lot well I mean considering how Wayne did at the last briar I I mean I maybe that dream still 
Uh, <laughs> you never know. Open. I'd probably have to move to Ontario yeah, fair <laughs> for enough. that to happen. <laughs> or he'd move up there, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Just uh, Sandra Schmirler in 94. I'm just, she was at the junior nationals. She was just there. I'm just trying to figure out why she would. I, you know what? I can't really remember why she was there, but she was there. I have a picture with her. Oh, I believe you. (laughs) I don't, but I don't really remember because the the 94 juniors were in Truro, Nova Scotia. So I'm not a hundred percent. Maybe she was helping do some commentary. I'm not really sure to be honest. Right. Uh, no, it's it's amazing that you've got a photo with her. Maybe we can share that with the listeners if you still have it. But anyway. yeah, I do have it somewhere. I'd have to find it. Okay. Before I leave this section, I, I think uh, I, I you may have I think you've answered it a bit. But what made you make the jump from uh, I guess recreational curling to I want to be competitive. I want to be on a competitive team. Was there a spe- was there a spark in you that just said, "Yeah, I'm ready to do this competitively?" Yeah, I think when I realized that I could travel and um, be a bit more competitive, I think that really hooked me because when you curl, you travel and you meet new people, and it's fun to travel when you're that young and go on these trips and be part of a team and be in other curling rinks and competing like that was just right up my alley and it was just my favorite thing to do um back then I would just travel to the smaller communities in the NWT Hay River Anubik and Fort Smith and go do tournaments there and that's really really what hooked me and then obviously I went on to bigger and better things down the road um but Definitely being with friends and being able to travel is definitely what hooked me. Do you remember one of those early trips, uh, whether for fun or whatever? uh, Yeah, I remember. remember Yeah, I remember one year we went to Fort Smith and we were staying in the school in this little like room off of the gymnasium and we were sleeping (laughs) on on gymnastics mats and (laughs) Um, it, we just had the gym all to ourselves. Wait, and gymnastics that, mats on the floor like that? Yeah, on the floor. Yeah. Oh, it was wow. Bed at night. Yeah. And then, you know, we had our sleeping bags and stuff and I don't know, but that was really fun. And I still remember that. And then walking <laughs> over in minus 40 when it was, oh we had God. to go curl. Yeah. Like it just, that was one of the trips that I don't remember what we were there for. It could have been Arctic Corner Games or tryouts or something like that, but it's that that trip definitely <laughs> sticks with me. And I remember us sleeping in that little room off the gym. Well, I, I hope things got better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> but when you're young like that, that's something cool and exciting. We didn't care. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Now, Carrie, I wanted to uh, fast forward now and talk about uh, what you're doing currently. And one of those things is that you're, you're involved with the junior program at your uh, at the Yellowknife Curling Club. Could you tell us about uh, the junior program there now uh, and how you got involved with it? Yeah, I got involved with the junior program um, a few years ago. My daughter, who's just turned 12 years old, she started curling when she was five or six, like really, really young. So she's been involved and so that's kind of that's what made me get involved but myself and one of my teammates Mark O'Fleming my second she 
her and I run the help run the Monday night junior curling program. And then we help coach, um, two teams, uh, on Wednesday nights at curling league. So it keeps us pretty busy, but it's very rewarding. And we both really enjoy working with younger kids and helping with their development. How many kids are we talking about? So specifically, I work with nine girls that are between the ages of 11 and 13 or 14. Um, So there's nine girls that work right from the beginning since they were little. And kind of like Sydney when they started really young. And so they started in the Little Rock program. And then now they've moved up and they're kind of kind of in the middle. They're not in the Little Rock program and they're not in the very competitive group. They're just kind of in the middle right now. Um, but they're all really, really good. And they have, they have so much potential because they started curling so young. And they're what keep, they keep me going in my competitive days because they're just so enthusiastic. They would curl every day if they could. And they just love it and have so much fun. Now, you, you, you just said you had a daughter that's in your program. Uh, did she want the curl? Like, uh, what was her, uh, initiation to the sport? Yeah, she, she would come out to practices. I, like I, when she was very young and born, I was still curling. So, um, she would come out in her car seat and, you know, watch her mom practice. And so she was always around the club. Um, she, I've brought her to the briar a couple times and she's come to the scotties to watch um when she was younger so she's been always been around the sport um so she seemed to be interested in it right away but we also i also put her in other sports like she went in skating and she was in gymnastics and she danced and she swam and so but as she got older she had to choose we wanted to narrow it down just to keep her into sports. So she actually picked basketball and curling. So those are her two sports that she does. And we let her have the choice. I didn't have to force her to curl. So she picked it herself. And I'm really happy that she picked curling because she is for her age. She's really good. I didn't, I wasn't even curling when, when she started. So she started young and I think she's just gonna she's gonna really thrive at it i think oh that's great uh i i know in a previous conversation we had you were talking about some of the the fun things that you did with the kids to get them excited about the sport uh and i remember you talking about stopwatches could you share that story Yeah. yeah last year last season we I was contemplating whether we introduced the girls to stopwatches to help them, you know, sweep and learn about timing and, you know, just having that as a tool. And I wasn't really sure if they were ready for it, but Margo, uh, my second, she was here and said, nope, they're ready. Give them stopwatches. <laughs> so one practice, right. we gave them stopwatches and they were obsessed with these <laughs> stopwatches. They were so excited to have them and they caught on to the timing system um the split timing for sweeping really really fast and then being able to understand what a 10 second hit meant or you know a draw weight what that meant and and how you correlate it to times and they just were so excited and they borrowed uh, some stopwatches 
from my team at first. And then I asked their parents to go out and buy stopwatches. And by the next practice, they all had them and were ready and willing to use them. And they just loved them. And it, and I was just super impressed. I didn't know if they would catch on to it really quick, but they did. And it was just really neat to see their excitement for something so little and uh, how much it helped them. I'll I'll uh, admit my ignorance here. I I don't know how big of a city Yellowknife is, but how hard is it to like get I don't know nine stopwatches on any <laughs> given day? It was a little tricky. We do have a Walmart and a Canadian Tire, but oh okay, um yeah, but it was a little tricky to you know find a decent one. Um, I think some of the girls had to borrow some at first, but then but then eventually the, all the girls had them. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another story you were telling about your competitive team playing a half sheet game against some of the little rocks. Yeah. When the girls were younger, this was quite a few years ago when they first started, we just did half sheet curling with them. And when, um, one week I, my, a couple, my teammates were in town cause, uh, Sarah Colton goes to school. So she was here and, um, we actually played against these girls <laughs> with half sheet curling and it was really, really hard for us. Obviously we're used to throwing full sheets. So the girls were pretty excited. I'm pretty sure they beat us and it was just <laughs> really, it was really fun and something, you know, cause we're so competitive. So it was, it was fun for us and it was fun for them. And it was really neat because the girls see us curling on TSN a lot. And so it's really neat for them to, um, see our team when we're together and, and usually they just see my face. So it's kind of neat for them to see the whole team when we're together. You'd mentioned that, uh, of this group of nine girls, I think you mentioned that many of them have been with you a while now, multiple years. What do you think? Why is that? Why, why did they stay? There's so many things that compete for attention of kids these days. Why did they stick it, stick it out? Yeah, I think I only lost one one girl that chose not to curl anymore. And then one of the girls moved away to Nova Scotia. So, but most of the other girls have stuck with me. And even last year, we actually had two new girls join us. One new girl last year and one new girl the year before, just because their friends were in it. And we were trying to recruit some girls. So I, I think they're just, they... I mean, some of their parents curl, so that helps. But um, I don't know. We try to make it fun. And, you know, they, they're they curling in league together, so it's a bit more competitive. And we've talked about taking them to a curling camp. Um, we were hoping to get them down, um, but then COVID hit. So they're going to have to wait a little bit longer for a curling camp. But that got them really excited to go, to be able to go to Alberta and go to this curling camp. And so, and I think just they enjoy the all nine girls enjoy each other's company and they're starting to get that competitive blood in them too. And, uh, so it's really great to see, but I think it's just, I think it's consistency and, it, that's what's keeping them coming. Could you touch a little bit on the challenges of traveling up north? Yeah, it's tough. We, like us as a team, we spend a ton of money on tra- with traveling. Even this year, 
my ladies team has to go up to Inuvik for playdowns. And I mean, a seat sales like a thousand dollars to get up there. So let alone, and maybe that's even a cheap, I don't even know what it's going for right now, but it's really expensive just to travel within the NWT, um, let alone having to go down South. And so it's, it's, we really have our disadvantages living up here and being so isolated away from people. Um, so, I mean, like just to get, get anywhere down South, we have to fly through Edmonton or Calgary before we even can look at flying to another province after that. So it's really tricky travels. It's expensive. And, um, but you know what, it's just one of the things we have to deal with, with living up here. We choose to live up here. So it's just something, you know, we expect. Carrie, I've got a couple of short questions for you. You you can answer them quickly if you'd like, but, uh, here we go. What advice would you give to a parent who wants to introduce their kid to curling? Um, advice is I would, I would bring them to the curling rink to find your local junior program, talk to the coordinators, ask how the best, talk to them and see what the best way um, is to introduce your child to curling. And they can tell you every program's different. But I mean, I know here in Yellowknife, we would ask the parent to bring them out on a Monday night and we would probably work one-on-one with them just to feel comfortable. So they feel comfortable on the ice and then hopefully get them into um, working with the other kids and see how they like it. And we have lots of bring a friend nights. So um, that always helps as well. But as long as the child is comfortable, I think they always usually come back. What's the best part of coaching kids for you? it's really rewarding and seeing them learn and develop, I think is the best. It's what I love. And that's what I, why I love working with kids because just seeing them come along and like the stopwatches, it's just like this light bulb goes off in their heads and it's so exciting to see and um, seeing them have fun. It's just super rewarding. Now the obverse to that question is what's challenging. What's challenging about coaching that age group? run into too many challenges yet um to be honest the girl the nine girls that I work with are so easy um but and most of them show up every day and want to practice and do what they're asked and learn and listen and um so I haven't run into too many challenges but I think over the next year or two if you ask me that again I think I think as the girls are getting older I'll run into a few more challenges and you know dealing with um just like personalities and whatnot. But right now I only work with the girls a couple hours a week. So it's, I haven't run into too many challenges yet other than um, just making sure all the girls show up all the time and, and that I'm there as well, because it's hard for me as a competitive curler to work, to be consistent and be there for the girls all of the time. Right. And this is what I'm calling the big question. I've asked a couple of people already this question. And, I, you know, based on what we've already talked about, I'm sure that it'll incorporate a lot of different elements. But how do we get kids to fall in love with the sport of curling and get them to stay with it for the long term? Yeah, that's a tough question because right now, I mean, every, curling is losing a lot of people. And... 
it's, it's tough because I think a lot of people would tell you, oh, good, get into the schools, get into the schools. And yeah, that might work, but it hasn't really worked up here. We did do the rocks and rings and, you know, we recruited maybe a couple people to get into the sport, but for our club here in Yellowknife, I think what's worked well for us and recruiting new kids and keeping them is the bring a friend nights that I talked about earlier. Um, whenever we have family nights, bring a friend nights, that's how we recruited we, we people in our club. And if a friend is curling, then odds are you, the other friend's going to want to curl. So I think that's how you get them in. And then to keep them in curling, you just have to have fun and teach, you know, like teach fun things, play games. Don't be too hard on them. Um, just be just, you just want them there to, to have fun and to learn and um, just play the game. Right. So I think up in Anuvik, there's a, a night where they have a junior program where kids just show up and cur- go out and curl. There's actually no instruction. <laughs> they just right. go out and throw rocks. And, you know, there's things like that, that you can think out of the box and learn from that as well. So, um, but yeah, it's really hard to get kids into, into any sport really. Like so many kids played the big sports like hockey and soccer, especially up North. So we actually have kids on Monday nights that play hockey and soccer and then they come to curling or vice versa they curl and then they have to leave a little early to go get to hockey so but that we can do that here because we live in Yellowknife so you can't really do that down south <laughs> so right. Yellowknife the Yellowknife the curling rink is beside the hockey rink so it can work but so we have it a little bit easier than down south but yeah it's really hard like to do, for kids to be able to play in multiple sports but I think with curling and also for people that curled here with us and then they stopped curling, I always say there's no rush. Kids can come back to curling when they're older. That's the great thing about curling is you don't, you can start at any age. So you don't have to start them young and they can come and, you know, or if they curled young and they took a few years off, they can come back when they're 13 or 14 or 15 if they want. Right. So I always talk to parents about that too, but honestly, I think the bring a friend night works the best and it's worked well up here. Oh, I think that's a fantastic answer, Carrie. And, and thank you for uh, answering it. it. It's such a long question, <laughs> uh, yeah. but that's why I save it till the end. So you had time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I will ask one follow-up question though, but you were mentioning about, you got to make it fun, right? Uh, let me, let's go back right to the beginning uh, one last time. Do you remember a practice that was particularly fun back then or, or something strange or unusual you might've done? I, I think about my Little Rocks program and we try to inject those things every so often just because the memories, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, honestly, I don't remember a lot from my early, early days. Um, I remember some awful practices <laughs> when I was oh, older geez. as a lady, as a competitive ladies curler with a really tough coach <laughs> where we weren't allowed to leave the ice until we did something like draw out of something draw out of the forefoot with four times in a row or something which was we were struggling with but like <laughs> when I was younger I don't I can't say I remember a lot about the early junior program so I'm not even sure I can really answer that 
Well, fair enough. I think uh, yeah. you answered you answered it in the negative, which is I know, avoid I'm sorry. doing those things. Coaches listening, <laughs> avoid making your teams draw to the button eight times in a row, and then they'll have to stay up all night, and the ice yeah, maker will be don't mad. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and fair enough. Uh, well, Carrie, thank you so much. I want to give you the opportunity. The first, uh, tell us what, what are you currently? Uh, you said you had your ladies' competitive team. Uh, how's that going? Who's on it? Uh, can you can you uh, elaborate? Yeah, um, I have the same team that I had last year, except um, uh, Sarah Colton is back. She couldn't because of COVID. She wasn't able to come to the Scotties with us, so we had pulled Shona Barber, my longtime lead out of retirement. So um, Shona's actually going to coach us next year. So we have Sarah Colton back at lead, and Margot Fleming who moved up north to curl with us. Uh, she's at second. And Joanne Rizzo, she's our out-of-province player from Ontario. And then myself as Skip. And then we added Megan Kohler back on as our fifth player. She was Megan Cormier, who I curled with for a long time too. So we're really excited to have a six-player team this year. And uh, we got some news last week that we got into the pre-pre-trials in Ottawa in September. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. So two teams come out of eight there and go to the pre-trials in Nova Scotia in October. So we're, that kind of lit a fire under our butts. So we're preparing for, to be curling mid-September in the pre-pre-trials. And uh, we're excited to have this oper- that opportunity. Being a team from the North is, uh, we're excited and we hope we can make those pre-trials in October in Nova Scotia. Well, good luck. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you before I, I give you a chance to share any uh, contact information uh, is I noticed on your Twitter bio that you're a kid sport ambassador. And I've heard of that before. And I believe there are other curlers that are also kid sport ambassadors. But could you let the audience know what that is and, and what duties you have as a kid sport ambassador? Sure. Yeah. The NWT Kid Sport here in the North, um, asked, added me as the first kid sport ambassador here, just with how involved I am with, um, curling in general and with juniors. And yeah, you're right. There are other kids sport ambassadors across Canada. I know Shannon Bertard is one in Manitoba and, um, a few other competitive curlers. So, um, basically the program is so that all kids, their motto is so all kids can play. So if you have a child and you don't sports, you know, to play in sports, it's really expensive. And if your child needs equipment, some all families can't afford equipment. You can go to this program and fill out an application form and you can receive some funding so that your child um, receives equipment and you, your child can participate in whatever sport they choose, hockey, soccer, curling. Um, I know our curling club received a grant from Kids Sport for brooms and equipment like that. So it's a really good program and it lets uh, all kids play no matter, you know, what income status you have. So it's a great program. And um, I think, a lot of people aren't really aware of the program. So my job is really just to make sure people are aware of it and um, post about it on social media and whatnot. Right. Well, it, it's, it's a fantastic program. And uh, 
let me just give you a chance here. If people want to know more about that program or your team or, uh, or just if they want to contact you, uh, what's the best way they can go about it? Is there, uh, like a social media or an email? What's what do you prefer? The best way is usually just reach out on social media. We, one of us is always checking our messages. We have Team Galusha Facebook account, an Instagram account, a Twitter account, and anyone can message us and we will always get back to you. We get a lot of requests um, from charities and um, other interviews and whatnot. So yeah, anyone can just find Team Galusha online and send us a message. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to share. I, I know some of them, or I've, I'm following you on certain things. <laughs> so I'll make sure that that information's in your show notes for this episode. The, Great. Yeah, no problem. The final question, and it just happens to do with the timing, or it happens to be the timing. Uh, it's the Olympics in Tokyo. Is there anything you're particularly watching? Oh, yeah. I was really into the swimming last night. I, I Swimming... Uh, diving. I'm really into the softball. I've been watching that. Um, I st- actually stayed up last night and watched uh, our Canadian girls lose to Japan. That was a heartbreaker. Oh. Yeah. So I actually stayed up till I think it was 2 a.m. or whatnot <laughs> watching. And But it was just such a close game and I was really rooting for them. And um, but I was really into that. And I'm looking forward to watching basketball because my daughter loves watching the basketball and soccer. So, yeah, I mean, I watch it all, but those are really the one, the, the sports I really, really watch. Well, that's fantastic. And yeah, the time, the time difference can be challenging. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think I was up late last night watching, of all things, rowing. And oh, yeah. I just something hypnotic about it. It it on the face of it, it looks really boring because it's basically the same person just uh, <laughs> paddling all the way down. The, yeah, no. I don't even know if that rowing the their oars yeah, down no. the hole. Yeah, but at the end it of is. it, they're it's dead. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's so cool. We watched the rowing as well. I forgot about that, and the canoeing is really cool to us mm. too because we my our coach Shona, she's actually a competitive canoeer as well. So. Um, she's got me into that as well. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's just every, I just, everything about the Olympics is so special and yeah, watching all the sports and especially if they're Canadian teams, it's so, it's so neat to watch. Yeah. Someone mentioned that it's only six months until the Beijing winter Olympics. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who knows? You might be there. You never know. You know what? I keep telling people that because we're in these pre-pre-trials. I didn't even know they existed until Curling <laughs> Canada contacted us last week. And everyone thinks it's the coolest thing. And I was like, you know what? A team from the North has like a slim, slim chance, but we have a chance. Right. So you never know. I mean, our goal is just to get to those pre-trials, but even that is a huge feat for a team from the North. So you never know. We're excited. <laughs> and, and you should be. Uh, Carrie, thanks for joining me tonight. Yes, thank you for having me. So that was my interview with Carrie. I wish Carrie and Team Galusha the best of luck as they attempt to qualify for the Olympic trials in November. If you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol 
followed by kids curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow the podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.